I haven't tried one of these in a while, and I wonder how much road noise there'll be. New vehicle, different setup, and I'll be honest with you, uh, some people love the road episodes and some people hate them, so it is what it is and it will be what it will be, but uh, I'm Justin Perkins and this is Talk Junkie, and uh, Thanksgiving's over, and um, I didn't give you anything for Thanksgiving. Or the week after. I took a little break, and I think that's a good thing. Um, a break here and there is not bad. We went a long time without missing an episode. And so I'm coming back this week, and I'm going to uh, kind of touch on what happened in these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to come up with something to sit and talk about by yourself on a podcast Especially a podcast that's as out there as Talk Junkie. It's, Talk Junkie can be about anything, uh, anything at all. And there's been times in the past where this week's episode definitely would have been about um, maybe what's happening overseas or upcoming elections. Anything. Could be anything. But... I uh, actually did some traveling over Thanksgiving. Um, I worked half a day Thanksgiving so that I could be off Friday, and we spent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Nashville uh, with my daughter uh, and her fiancé. They live down there. And so I take every opportunity I can to go down there. I love Nashville. And I think I've done a road uh, on the road episode about Nashville. I, I do these various things, you know. I, I, I don't have a great memory, so sometimes it's hard for me to remember what uh, what subjects I've broached and which ones I haven't. Um, but I I was really enjoying my time down there, and I, and I almost always do. Um, it's generally a a fun experience for me down there. Um, one of the big things I like, and I notice I hear other people say it about the area I live in, and, and I do like it about the area I live in. Um, you know, in in eastern Kentucky, a lot of times people come to eastern Kentucky like, oh, man, I love this little store, you know, this little country store or that you can go in and, you know, it's it's – uh, family owned and this and that and you know it's um, it's just this atmosphere and and I find like I still love like there's there's a place in um, uh, Madison West Virginia uh, right around Danville when I was uh, I've done a couple projects up there around that and thing I think it's called Madison Grocery. And it's this little kind of like country grocery store. You go in, they've got some kitchen tables sitting there, and they serve food, and it's, it's excellent. I love it. And, and that's that's a very Appalachian thing, I think. Uh, it definitely, you know, happens somewhat at the house uh, where, where I'm from in eastern Kentucky. It doesn't happen as much in as many of those places as there used to be around the house. Uh, but, but those were always some of my favorite places to experience. And they still are. You know, I, I always got a kick out of going in my cousin Grant's little country store. And, and my grandfather's hardware store 
even though I was always in it, it still had that feel to me, especially it was kind of split in two. Once they moved the post office, he kind of made that the place he stayed in the old hardware store part because it needed some work. It was run down. It was a little harder to heat and cool. Uh, it got less, uh, you know, uh, use. But from the time I was younger, even until before his passing, that side, you know, with the old wood floors that had been oiled instead of stained or something, you know, they'd been oiled to, to I guess, make them last. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, but it is such good memories, and, and, and I, I, I loved that feel and that atmosphere of that place. I always have been a big fan of that, and, and those those little local things that large box stores or, or fast food area, like chain restaurants, can't duplicate. Um, they can attempt, and I assume that's what Cracker Barrel tries, uh, or, or um, whatever the, uh, I never can remember the, I think it's because I dislike them so badly. Um, Bob Evans, maybe? Yeah, it's not my thing, obviously. Neither, neither is Cracker Barrel. But, uh, you know, they, they attempt that, and, and I understand why. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad idea. It's not a, uh, it's not a horrible concept. Um, I think why, I think the reason why I enjoy those types of things and people from my area enjoy those types of things are different from why other people may, you know, and, and obviously, well, you know, you, you can you can kind of see where those differences make themselves more evident, you know, for people in Appalachia, it, that's comfort, you know, and, and that's familiarity, and, and, and we, we have experience with that, with the old country store, with the, uh, uh, you know, down home cooking in, in a a, um, a more simplistic setting, you know, and, and that that's just kind of life for us, you know. And, and like, there's a place called Billy Ray's in Prestonsburg, Kentucky. We eat there often. I love Billy Ray's, and yes, I prefer that over going to say. Um, Texas Roadhouse. I got that. The atmosphere and the people and the food, obviously, is just better. And I'm a big fan of dairy bar food, as I call it. And, and those were always very prevalent in this area. I like what I call a dairy bar burger, and I don't know if everybody calls that. To me, uh, you, the only fast food versions of a dairy bar burger I've ever really got that are close is Whataburger, which I've just recently tried, which is a really good burger, and it's similar in a lot of ways to a Dairy Bar burger. Um, and probably Culver's. Culver's has a very Dairy Bar-feeling burger. Steak and Shake is not a bad burger at all. I like Steak and Shake, and it has some of those similarities. It, it does. But I'm a big fan of Dairy Bar burgers, and... and that type of eating and, and, you know, things of that nature. And when I travel for work, I always try to find these kind of unique things that are unique to that area. I ate in a, um, 
a butcher shop kind of like deal where they actually processed animals on the same property, maybe even in the same building, but you could get fresh beef. It was a weird deal. That was in Pennsylvania, and that's been well over a decade ago, so I can't remember the specifics. But I remember the meat was really good. It was a great hamburger. The first time I ate there was a hamburger. And it, it was it was excellent. Um, I ate in in a home, you know, uh, uh, what was basically equivalent to eating in someone's house, except they didn't live there. Obviously, they had a kitchen, and all the other rooms were used for dining. And and that's not super unfamiliar. There's a place. Um, it used to be a place. I don't know if I'm still open or not because I know they had had a fire called Pig and a Pope in uh, Eastern Kentucky. That was a similar thing, and I. Obviously, I've seen a lot of restaurants like that, with that maybe that similar motif and 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 ideal uh, as far as uh, uh, presentation goes, or or you know just utilizing a space that they were able to get a hold of. Um, there's a place called uh, I think the Brick House. It's right around where this Billy Ray's is. It's basically the same concept. It's it's in a house. But this th- this was in a, a very rural. I mean, I'm sorry, a, a, a very poor urban area uh, in a very poor community in in uh, Greenville, Mississippi. And, and uh, it, it was a very different dining experience than I'd ever had. But I really appreciated that, and it felt like something I could only get there. And um, it, it's funny to me, and, and, and I appreciate it greatly. And, and my nephew and I, uh, we're speaking about this uh, just actually a day ago now. Um, my wife and I drove a couple hours away to a larger city, uh, a, a much more urban area. Uh, a, that A place that on the way, there's actually a really great old school restaurant uh, that we haven't stopped at in a long time. And that just popped in my head, and I was like, man, um, I cannot think of the name of it to save my life, uh, but but anyway, you know, I I'm, I never was real adventurous with food, and, and then I got the vid, uh, actually, and it completely wrecked my taste buds for the good, and, and reset how I did everything. And, and my nephew is doing uh, a research project right now in school uh, about uh, gut biome and, and how gut biome uh, affects different things. And, and, and he, he and I were talking about some interest he had in, in gut biome uh, impacting what you craved and what you like. So we, we got on food and we're eating sushi, something that would have been very out of the ordinary for me. And, and, and he's speaking about... Uh, the Gordon Ramsay shot. I think it's Gordon Ramsay that, that's doing basically this version of what's essentially a parts unknown or no reservations style of show. But my nephew had never seen um, Anthony Bourdain, and, and and Anthony Bourdain is is a hero of mine. I I, I admire uh, his work and and what he how he presented himself. A, a lot of things about Anthony Bourdain I like, but. One of my favorite things about Anthony Bourdain was simply just hearing his take and opinion on things. He was a beautiful human being who who said beautiful things. So so we got to discussing that, and and and, and he and I got to speaking about 
this type of thing, this, uh, you know, where you have these meals and, and these types of things and, and where you find this type of food. Now, in the process of the conversation, I realize something obviously very apparent to me and everybody else, but something that I really I don't think I've ever spoken about on here. I've mentioned culture, obviously, and, and food, and I've obviously talked about Anthony Bourdain many, many times. And I understand the power that food has uh, for us as as uh, as a culture and as a people, um, and, and how it it can be very representative of those different cultures and those um, those different regions and areas. You know, obviously, a lot of foods are regional. A lot of uh, whereas you know the whole country may eat chili the way they do it in the northeast compared to the way they do it in the midwest compared to the way they do it in the south is obviously very different and from the influence of of um you know how slaves made food out of necessity to where that became southern cuisine there's all these things i could touch on that i really don't specialize or have any great knowledge in but you know, speaking about how how something impacts you personally is often the best way to to convey your feelings about something, and and, and food's a big part of mine and my wife's life, and, and and what we do, and it's not to say uh, we're just overly gluttonous. Um, it, it's just for whatever reason that's something her and I enjoy. We enjoy good food, and and. We enjoy that experience. And I think back as I've gotten older and, and, you know, to me, one of the, the, the saddest parts of my life is I don't have uh, the social life with my friends that I'd like to have. And, and some of that's uh, a good majority of that is my work and, 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 and my schedule, but also, um, you know, our family schedule and, and, and having that time. But I look at the times that I get to do the most, and it's, you know, especially over the last little bit, it's been a meal at home, you know, inviting friends up and, and just kind of having a meal and then just talking after, you know. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that, you know. Uh, I'm not a great cook. I wish I was. If I was, I would probably do it. Ten times more often, but it doesn't really it doesn't really matter, you know. I can destroy um, the ribs on a grill, and my buddy JoJo will still bring some pulled pork, and it'll be good. And my wife can burn the chili, and my friend Mandy will still eat it and pretend it's good. But it's it's the experience, it's it's the gathering for the meal and doing those things that is is the value in the process. Uh, the, the food's just a, just if, if the food can be great, oh, it makes the experience so much better, so so much better. But it, it's it's the experience. You know, my mom's uh, second husband. At Thanksgiving and Christmas, we would we would go to to his family's house, you know, and stepbrother, stepsister, and he and and my mother and my brother and myself, and you know. Big meals and in and all this and, and you know, um, 
I can remember getting into my teens and my mom like, well, you know you're going to go. Like, you're sure going to go, right? Because they have chess bars. You know you love chess bars. You want to go eat the chess bars. And, and I never got too cool or, you know, whatever to go do that because, not because I wanted the chess bars. It wasn't the food. You know, and I, I think my mother's mind, it might have been, you know, but it, it was not the food. It was the experience. And it was the, the playing games and the biggest thing is, is his brother and sister-in-law. Uh, he had a brother, and then his other brother's wife. Uh, tr- you know, treating you very much like an adult. You know, and, uh, and allowing you in on the conversation, and, and and thinking that what you had to say was intelligent, and, and encouraging you to, to to kind of speak and be a part of things. That, that was a really cool feeling, and and that experience that just happened to be shared around that food and that event the experience and, and and the interaction was actually what I was I was most enamored with. Not not food by any stretch of the imagination. The food was just a, a cool part of that for most people. At that time, that was decades ago. That was very much pre vid. So with my uh, taste buds being what they were, uh, I didn't enjoy ninety percent of that food so I wasn't excited to eat the food at all. I'm not a Thanksgiving guy. I'm not a turkey. I'm still not to this day. I'm not a turkey and dressing guy. I'm not a a, uh, a cobbler or cranberry sauce guy. It's, that's that's not my thing. I, I don't I don't do that, and it's it's not what I enjoy. However, I did enjoy the interaction though. You know, but like going to my mamma minis, on the other hand, and eating breakfast. You know, when my mom and dad first got divorced and going there with my dad and not just the food, but the atmosphere and how my mama was. And she's just a super sweet, kind person. And she was always very concerned about everybody and, and very loving and very, uh, very, very, like, sympathetic to anybody's plight and, and very giving and, and, and just, you know, like, one of those people that just made you feel good. And so, you know, her breakfast in particular, I think, carried over a lot of her personality, you know. And and just this sugar water syrup that she made that you put butter in and eat biscuits with, I still make it myself from time to time. And it's horrible for you, there's no doubt, but it's so good, and the fried eggs, and the bacon, and she always kept her bacon grease, and the eggs were fried in the bacon grease, and the homemade biscuits, and it it was just amazing at how good this food was, and I truly think part of it was the experience and the person that that lended itself to to even giving the, the meal more value, and, and making it taste better. And it, it, it's one of those things that maybe it takes years to, for some people to see it in reflection. Because it, it did me to see that aspect of food. You know, because I look at, like, just my, my lunch every day at work. Just, just eating lunch. More often than not. You know, unless it's something like Madison Grocery or something, I don't enjoy the meal. It's just food. It's just eating because I need to eat that day. I need the fuel to go on. Now, I may go to work with my coworkers, which is fun, and 
enjoy that conversation. That aspect of it I like. And that aspect can make just that boring everyday lunch, man, you know, whatever it is. You know, that that's the part of the, the daily lunch you look forward to, the days that you get that. You know, but a lot of days it's eating out of a lunch bucket in the middle of nowhere up on a hill, you know, and it, it just is what it is. The ritual of lunch, of a group lunch, is a very enjoyable thing. And I, and I, I enjoy that, whereas I don't always enjoy the food. You know, and when we were in Nashville over Thanksgiving weekend, we ate uh, at a diner down there. I never can remember the name of these places because I don't have a great memory. And I don't write this stuff down before the show. I should have because I would really like to share their names with you because they're, you know, but whatever the case may be. I think I've actually mentioned this diner before. Um, but there's a little diner, I think it's been there since the 50s. You know, uh, we go in and... Uh, you know, kind of as our Thanksgiving meal. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go traditional meal. I'm going to do a meat and three, which is a big thing in Nashville, or at least was at one time. And so I go fried chicken, mac and cheese, uh, mashed potatoes, and biscuit. And it's excellent. It's always excellent. It's, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I eat this food and I enjoy it. Um, the next day we go to a little place, a little hole in the wall place, not big at all. Go in, we get, um, for an appetizer, we get chili cheese fries, which is fries, onions, chili, and a little bit of mustard, and a little bit of cheese, um, in these homemade fries. They're so good. So good. And so my wife was kind of a little put off for oh, mustard. I don't know about that, but it, it was perfect. These people knew what they were doing. The chili was right, everything. I had a burger, an excellent burger. And it was great. And um, just just for sake of comparison, we had another meal down there, and it was at um, um, Olive Garden. Now, I enjoyed the event of eating, the situation, the conversation, the atmosphere, the ritual of all three meals. I did. I enjoyed the food and the atmosphere of the place, the least at Olive Garden. And that's not a knock on Olive Garden. I had salad, breadsticks, and some type of soup I never touched. That's one of the salad breadsticks. Um, it's not a knock on them. Like, they've got fairly good food, and, and I don't have an issue with it. I'm not negative towards it in any way, but it doesn't have the same atmosphere as these other two places. So, you know, my mind always went to the fact that I don't get to see my daughter often. So, are these places in Nashville that good? Or am I just excited to see my daughter? You know, am I just excited to be with her? And I am excited to be with her. And that does make the experience better. But it, it definitely doesn't take away from the quality of the food. You know, the, that's still there. And the experience of that type of place is still there. When we ate sushi uh day before yesterday with my nephew uh, and, and his girlfriend, that that, that was a, a, it was Drake's. You know, it's, it's, I just wanted some surf and turf. I feel like I've got the best surf and turf. 
some crab ragoon, and that's it, you know. Uh, some BLT tots as, as an appetizer. That's not the same type of food that I got at this hole-in-the-wall restaurant or this old 50s diner. It's not what I get at Billy Ray's. It's not, it's not that same experience or anything, but the food was really good because it's quality food for me. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's aficionados out there on on, on uh, sushi that say you're, you're really messing up. I don't actually like most sushi. I love surf and turf. If, if Malone's or Drake's, um, both have excellent surf and turf. I just prefer Drake's. Um, Crab ragoon, I never tried it to my sister-in-law. I mean, and I love what they call a sweet, I call a sweet potato roll. I have no idea what they call it. I call it a sweet tater uh, or a tater tot roll because uh, I'm from Eastern Kentucky. I love that, and I get that from a different place. Um, but that that's not this high-end restaurant or this – but I, I had a really good time there. My nephew and I really get to discuss things like this, like, like – Food and its impact on culture, or, or really with he and I at that time, you, you, that day we spoke a lot more about gut health and, and uh, taste buds and, and, you know, more of the scientific end of, of, of eating. Uh, but enjoying that conversation and the food being great, I think we got there at noon, uh, we left at two. So it was a two-hour meal, you know. Um, it didn't take that long to eat. It was the conversation. It was the atmosphere. It was the experience that made that so good. And those two things are, are, are separate. The, the food was good. The conversation was great. And it's not that Drake's is a wonderful restaurant. It doesn't have the atmosphere and the experience of a little country store or, uh, you know, a hole in the wall in, in some uh, older part of town. But there's different aspects to that ritual. And in a lot of ways, that's what the, the meal became at a certain point. And with some people, that's still what the modern meal is. I think there's an aspect of that that's fading away, and I don't know why. I, I, I'm not. That's not me sitting and going, "Oh man, this new generation, buddy, they're this." No, like there will be things that change. I remember being younger, something called a shooting match, and and if you're not from a rural area, you're probably not going to know what a shooting match is. I don't know exactly what a shooting match is. I know this. A bunch of gentlemen got together, they brought their guns, they run targets out on a rope, and they shot, and I soon gambled on who made the best shot. That was kind of my unclear understanding of it. That was very culturally significant at a time, at, at a certain time in a certain area. And that, I don't see it all anymore. I don't even know if it exists. You know, one of the biggest impacts on my childhood came from my grandfather's store and the old men all getting together to sit around the fire on a cold day and 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 just talk and, and reminisce and, and and speak on current events and past 
memories and things or sit outside on the bench in the summer and whittle on a stick while they did the same thing. That that very much, uh, I think, is the influence of what I wanted Talk Junkie to be. You know, and I think maybe the only person that's ever caught on to that uh, is Goose, the guy I do here at your bubblegum with. Because I, I don't think I don't think I seen that. I think he's seen it as that, and then I looked at it and went, "Oh yeah, well you know that makes sense. That you know that that's my fondest memories as a child, or or of that. And I long for that. I enjoy that. You know, the old men now have moved to the local gas station and. The Dairy Queen, and you know they get together, and and when given the opportunity, I like to stop by and talk to them. I miss that, you know, with my grandfather gone and the store gone. If I won the lottery tomorrow, yeah, I'd probably open the store right back in the same place just for that. But as that generation goes away, I don't know how much of that will last. I don't know how much of that will still be there. But it, it was a ritual thing. It was an experience. It was coffee and conversation around a fire. Or it was a glass bottle of pop and whittling on a bench with conversation sprinkled in. The experience. The experience was more important than the coffee, more important than the whittling, more important than anything. It was the gathering, the exchanging of ideas and thoughts and and a good joke here and there and some reflection and some heated debate. Debate is is debate that is open is the cornerstone of free thought, of growth and development. And and we're very much in a time right now in our society where debate isn't open and free. People can lecture. People can, people can dictate to you their beliefs. People can virtue signal to you, and that's okay. But if you oppose them with a thought that is not the accepted thought, then that's very dangerous. And that's very much a conversation for a different time. But that ritual... was significant and important to people, uh, myself included. And I think for much longer in my life and, and uh, in, in, all, in all places globally, the ritual of the meal is very much the same thing and, 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 and very important. And still is, I'm sure, in numerous places. See, thinking limitedly to... My family doesn't eat meals together. We don't get together with large for large family. You know, it, it's just not a thing we do. It is a thing that my wife and I try to do with our friends, and a couple of them are very receptive to that. And it is the most fun generally I have on a personal adult level outside of family all year are those meals because of that reason. I get to I get to have that experience with those people. That's a very important thing. It's a very valuable thing, that experience. But I think because of a lot of different factors, that 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 experience is going away. Obviously, I don't have to address how many times I've addressed social media. 
You know, one of the best things about social media is even if it may have all these other, we're not going to address any of the negatives. There is a connectivity in social media that people feel. And I think that connectedness, that 24-hour-a-day connectedness, maybe takes away some of the desire for gathering around a table and discussing things. Sometimes it's a little easier if you know you don't exactly agree with someone, even though you love them and they're your friend or they're your family, but it's easier to just post something online and go, okay, here's my opinion. I know you don't agree with it, but here's my opinion on something. I can just put it out there. You don't have to respond directly to me and vice versa. That ritual of the meal, that, that was a place where you, you discussed those ideas, debated those ideas. That's a place where you laughed and reflected. And the, the atmosphere and the situation and the food, all these things add to the ritual. And I, I, I hear people talk all the time about things that are going away and things that will disappear. And there's a lot of those things. Some things just hit lulls. They, they, they just, they, they hit slow spells or they, they get caught in transition. Everything has to change. No matter how little or how much, everything has to change. And some things just get caught in the process of changing and it feels like, and it looks like, and, and sometimes it's so, but not always, that you're losing those things in that time period and in that process. But a lot of times, you're just waiting for them to reemerge after the change. It's like you wait for the butterfly after the cocoon has formed. And I think that's what's inevitably will happen with meals and, and the ritual of meals and gathering. I think some point in time, there will be a resurgence in that. And not that it's gone everywhere. Maybe your family still doesn't mean it's less prevalent than it was. And our lifestyles and our schedules and all these things have made us too busy to do that. And part of that change and part of that growth is you start out, everyone does it. And then everyone gets too busy to do it. And it has to go away for a while then the significance of it, then the importance of it, then the desire to do it makes it valuable again, and everybody then finds a way to force time to do it and to schedule time to do it. And that, well, that, um, that makes it kind of pop back up in culture and, and reemerge and, and become what it once was. And um, I guess that's probably what we're waiting on. And I can't wait. can't wait for the value in that and, and the, um, the experience of that to be more prevalent in my life again. And if it's still very prevalent in your life, Appreciate it and, and and try to keep it going. And it's a tradition I would like to set. 
for for my family. Some some tor- sort of gathering that just gathering to eat that that feels mandatory, but not in a bad way. I don't know. Um, eat good food and be good to each other. Don't suck. Don't die. And yeah, be good to people.